Hey there, thank you for tuning in to the One Organized Mama podcast. My name is Janelle and I am One Organized Mama. Episode 88. In this episode, I'm going to go over my best tried and true tips for moving out of your home. I've been there. So if you haven't followed me for the past few months, just know this. I made a big move with our family across country from Nevada to Georgia. And so I was taking notes along the way and couldn't wait to start to share them with you guys on what I learned to do and what not to do. But first, I wanted to share something with you that kind of jumped out at me recently. If you know me, you know my love of reality TV. It is the thing I watch like before I go to bed at night completely creeps out my husband and he's like why does a bunch of like yelling and screaming people or partying people or people airing all their dirty laundry help you go to sleep I don't know but it does I love real reality tv so I was on Hulu and I probably late to the party realized the Kardashians have a new show out who knew Um, I actually wasn't like a big fan of their other show, Keeping Up With the Kardashians, but I um, got into their new one. I don't know why. And I just kind of kept watching it and, and there was something about it. But one of the things that really jumped out at me and I did like when I had seen a couple of episodes of their other program were how beautiful their homes are. So I want to talk about that for just a second. Because maybe you're like me, maybe when you see these beautifully appointed homes on TV, you kind of like pause and zoom in or rewind and you're like, ooh, I want to see that again. And so there were um, some home tours in this new uh, season or uh, of whatever program that they have. And I think it was Chris and Chloe's home and they were giving like these home tours. So beautiful. So hands down, super beautiful. And I believe it was Chloe's pantry that we were invited in. And I mean, I think I stopped and rewound that part five or six times. And I love just seeing how beautiful this pantry was. I think she said she like created or reused or something, a part of her, her garage to create this amazing walk-in pantry. And she hired definitely some of the most talented professional organizers who definitely know are on their A-game because I think every jar and everything was like measured and equidistance from each other. Everything was beautifully labeled. And I'm not going to lie. I started to notice internally the dialogue going on in my head went something like this. Why doesn't your pantry look like that? You can do that. You've done that for other people. And so there's always a little bit of envy and kind of sometimes some negative self-talk that can happen when we're seeing some of this beautiful stuff. And if that's you, and if you ever find yourself in that situation, here are some words of advice. Don't do it. I have worked in beautiful homes, some of the most beautiful homes in Las Vegas when I had my organizing business, and we were able to do that. And you don't see all of the behind the scenes and all of the time and the money and the effort that go into these beautifully appointed spaces. Um, We had a celebrity client that we did a beautiful pantry for um, several years ago. I might still have the photos somewhere on my Instagram you have to scroll back a few years and there's a beautiful pantry that's on there. But um, it costs a lot of money. The amount of resources that go into some of these spaces is really sometimes astronomical. And also something else that happens, I I don't like waste. I'm not a wasteful person. I'm not saying they, everyone is a wasteful person that does this. But sometimes in some of these beautiful spaces, you're asked to purchase products and things that you probably know are not going to be used. And sometimes I kind of have a little bit of a struggle with that. So I will be honest, they were not always my favorite jobs to do just because 
I, you know me, I have soapboxes, but I like to really teach, like, I don't want you to have something called pantry goals or closet goals or playroom goals. That's not how I want you to live your life. Your life should move along. Your life should be organized in a manner that makes sense to you, that makes sense to your family. Um, Organization to me should not be something that's like shown, that's like shown off to others or to impress other people. Um, that being said, I am just like everyone else. And I certainly love to enjoy looking at the photos and seeing those virtual home tours, um, for inspiration, because sometimes you can get some really great ideas and be inspired, but don't, don't ever worry. And don't let that self negative talk enter your head when you're looking at another person's space. You have no idea, like I said, what goes on behind the scenes and the amount of resources, including time that it takes to get those spaces that way. And you know what? I would rather you just be like a happy, fulfilled person that's pretty satisfied with your life and has, you know, maybe some messes here and there throughout their home, but their home works for them and it works for their family and you feel like a super productive person. I'd rather you have that than something called pantry goals or bedroom closet goals or like I said, garage goals, any of that. So just wanted to say it out there because like I said, I am also vulnerable to it as well from time to time. So let's dive into this episode. Okay. I'm going to kind of go, the, re, the way I'm going to do this is sort of using my own sort of timeline. So as I kind of go through the timeline of this move that we made, I'm going to be giving you tips throughout this so that you can see kind of what we did, how we did it, because I had never done a move quite like this. Maybe I did it when I was 18 and I moved from New Mexico to Washington, but I didn't have anything. I didn't have any stuff. Really, everything fit in the back seat of my, my what was it? Mercury Tracer. That's the kind of car I had. My little blue Mercury Tracer. And I just put stuff in the back seat, moved to Washington State, and that's how it all started. Quite different when you have a household of goods and a spouse and children in a completely entire and full life. So... The first thing that I want to share with you is this, start early. That is one of the things I am so, so grateful for that I did. When we had this as an idea in our head, then that's when I started to get serious about decluttering and getting rid of things just in case it happened. So... My husband was had a job. So this is how our move started. He had a job that he had been wanting to do. And I don't want to get into a lot of details. There's, You guys don't want to hear them anyway. But anyway, my husband had a job that was sort of like, hey, after retirement, I would love to do this job. And so that's how this all started. And so as he neared the time when he could retire... We he started really getting serious about this. We started getting serious about this. And so we were sort of looking like, where would this job take us? And there were several locations um, that we could have moved to. But there was one in particular, and it happened to be where our oldest um, is stationed in the Navy in Georgia. So we're like, that would be cool. And that I, I've, I've managed a lot of moves for clients over the years. That is when I knew I needed to get serious. Like when we started getting that ball rolling just a tiny bit, because I knew from doing a lot of moves myself with the military, even though the military provides a lot of resources to help you move, I still know how stressful they can be and how difficult they can be. But also we knew I didn't have any of those resources. And this job that my husband was going for didn't offer any kind of relocation assistance whatsoever. So we were on our own. So I knew it was scary. And we were kind of like, (laughs) we had that conversation many, many times of what on earth are we doing with our life? Like, are we blowing up our lives here? But we went ahead and moved forward. And lo and behold, 
it it all managed to work out. So start early. Start thinking as soon as that seed is planted and you're like, okay, this might be happening. No matter when your time is, I want you to start to put that as a priority. So you know when we talk about time management? Yeah, I want that in your weekly planning. I want you to start to put all of the things that need to go into motion into place as early as possible. For us, that was October of last year. So we knew the possibility was going to be June-ish. So that we, we had a time, our goal of about June. So when that seed, okay, we're going to, we're going to pull the trigger on this thing back in October. And we didn't know if it was really going to happen or not. But that's when I started to, to actually start the planning and get my home ready. Cannot emphasize that enough. Start early. I'm grateful I did it in October because I was actually able to go through an entire holiday season and really kind of sit down and declutter a lot of our holiday stuff and determine what we were going to take and what we weren't. I also at that time started to look at what are the houses like. I know from being in the real estate industry and from also living in a lot of different places as a military spouse over the years, houses are different in different parts of the country. And Vegas is kind of famous for what they call McMansions. So in the early 2000s, Vegas had like a building boom where they were building houses like crazy, like pretty much track homes. And we lived in one. And our last home there, I know I'm going to sound so fancy about this, but it was almost 4,000 square feet. And, but that's the thing. So were my neighbors. So was the whole area of the valley that I lived in. So it wasn't like I was special or fancy or anything. They're just really big homes back there. Now, when I saw the part of the country that we were moving in, where the homes tended to be a bit older, I started to look at square footage size and realized that we were going to probably have to go down to anywhere from like about 1,500 square feet to 2,000 square feet. That even anything above that was really out of our price range and you know might be hard to come by. So we did exactly that. We went from we probably cut our square footage in half on this move. And so um I knew again because I started early, had an idea of that. And so when I was going through Christmas decor, I realized, you know, I wasn't going to have as big of a house where I moved to, and so I really had to start to pare down in that department and super grateful that I did it because listen to how all this stuff panned out in the end. So start early. Declutter. That was the other thing. That's, I mean, my family was sick of hearing it, but I was like, we did so many declutter sessions. In fact, decluttering was something I actually got tired of. About the last month, I was tired. On the weekends, I was getting tired. And my husband, like the probably the past two months, not exaggerating, made a trip to donations every single day. So like he was on like he was on a roll. He was getting rid of all kinds of stuff. And there were a couple of weekends in there where I was just sort of petering out and I was like, I just I can't go through. <laughs> another room, closet, box, drawer, or anything. I'm tired. And so um, it's hard, but it's something that I will, again, definitely emphasize that you get an early start on because you don't realize how much stuff you have until you have to move it. And again, this was a move that was 100% funded by us. And we also had a house that we had to sell and we still had life going on. So there were still a lot of things that we had going on. So we really had to take the decluttering serious because moving is expensive. All right. So let me talk about decluttering real quick because how do you declutter your stuff? You donate it or you sell it, especially when you're moving. So I want to dive into that for just a second. We donated a majority of our stuff because, uh, again, I'm a time versus money person. Like I calculate everything. Is it, if I'm going to make a few bucks on this, is it worth the amount of time that I'm going to spend doing it? And I made it worth my time. This is how. 
I did at first try to use every resource that was out there, the different apps that you can use to sell items. Um, But I found, honestly, that the best place to sell anything was simply Facebook Marketplace. Um, I'm also part of, I joined like all the buy-sell groups like in my neighborhood and community. True story, beware of your neighbors. So it's the friends and the neighbors who are the worst when it comes to selling stuff. I literally had this woman that I'd never met before in my neighborhood say, hey, I posted some stuff from sales. She's like, hey, can I come over? And I'm like, she's like, I'm interested in XYZ. I'm like, sure. So, you know, she's a neighbor. She brought her little girl. So I went ahead and let her in our house. And she kind of hemmed and hawed over stuff. I think she kind of, I don't know if she was bored. And I was sort of like, you know, I don't even know if I had showered yet. I was just like, I really didn't want a total stranger in my house, but I was trying to be like friendly neighbor. And she said to me, as she was kind of like wandering around, (laughs) she finally said to me, I'll be honest, I just wanted to see what the inside of your house looked like. And that was it. She like came over, totally wasted my time and stuff. And I was like, okay, well, awesome. I would like to go take a shower and still move in 100 degree heat. So out you go. But anyway, I kind of found that total strangers were much easier to sell to than my friends, family, and neighbors. And I mean that I'm generally speaking. So if any of my friends or family are listening, you guys were great. Uh, but anyway, I just I appreciated Facebook Marketplace. So I went on and here are some tips when it comes to selling. First of all, safety, safety, safety. I did not let anyone come into my home. I made sure that I got as much information from the person as I could. I I, um, asked everybody for their real name. If anyone was a little weird or I just got a creepy vibe, it just wasn't worth it. I just moved on to the next person. But I also made sure that I didn't do any of those silly uh, scam things that people want to do like, just, you know, deposit it in here and I need your bank account. No, no, no you're going to bring cash to my house or we'll do like a Venmo when you pick up the item. But the other thing is I always made sure my husband was home. So we gave actually gave a very short window daily of when people could pick up stuff. And I stuck to that. I didn't let other people dominate my time. So it was, here's this item. Yes, you may have it. It's first come first serve. Um, but you have to be here by this time. And granted, I was fair. I didn't offer the item to multiple people at the same time. I Generally, the first person, first serious person that wanted the item, as long as they could make it within this window, they could have it, they could buy it. Um, If they couldn't, I just went to the next person. If anyone tried to give me, tried to hassle me or bug me, I just blocked them, period. End of story. Didn't give anyone, I didn't give anyone my phone number. I didn't, you know, my real name is on my Facebook, so they had that, but I made sure my husband was home. So he was there during all of the financial transaction part of it because he doesn't have Venmo or any of the apps. And so, but he was there happy to take the money. And also, I kind of realized this, Um, maybe I'm paranoid, but if I was the one out there, the person, when they would come to pick it up, they would be like, I'll take it for 10, you know, say they agreed to 20. They showed up and they're like, I'll give you 10. And I'm like, no, you got, you said 20, we agreed on 20 and stuff. I noticed when it was my husband doing the transaction, maybe because he looks like what he is, a retired, intimidating, scary, a cop. (laughs) Nobody tried to barter or negotiate with him. So maybe I have the like... I don't know, look on my face. It's like, you know, take full advantage of me. I don't know. And so I did kind of have him handle because he would, you know, help them load it into their car or whatever. So again, safety, just be careful. Use common sense. Anyone who's legitimate out there is not going to ask for any personal information. Um, They're not going to have a problem giving you their real name and they're going to be respectful of your time. If they're not, it's not worth it. So don't let other people dictate your time or your terms. Now, when it comes to marketplace, here's sort of what I learned. Don't let an item sit on there. 
when you post an item for sale, if it doesn't get almost immediate attention, and by immediate attention, I mean like same day attention, I pulled it off and I would relist it again. And maybe I had the categories wrong or something. So I'd kind of relist it to kind of um, tweak the categories. Sometimes I would tweak the price. Sometimes I would go a little lower. On a couple of occasions, I actually went a little higher, just like by 5 or $10, and that did the trick too. But if something wasn't getting attention, um, then it needed to be pulled, drastically price cut, or donate it or just offer it for free. So there were some items that um, we just, for whatever reason, they nobody wanted them, and hardly anybody wanted them for free. But I did eventually find a few people that would um, pick them up. Super surprising on the stuff that people wanted were our mattresses. I, I'm always, I'm always surprised by. I'm, I'm, people never cease to surprise me. Let's go with that. So anyway, those, those are some tips. Don't let other people dictate your time. Safety first, always when it comes to selling items, and don't go down that rabbit hole. Like I, I had a family member who was selling stuff, and like she had the same listings on there for like weeks and stuff, and I'm like. And bartering back and forth with people. I'm like, it's not worth it. It's just not worth it in the end. I'm a big advocate for donating. There are so many wonderful organizations out there that put the stuff to good use. It doesn't bother me one bit if they sell it and they're a for-profit, if they are offering work or low-priced items to people, I'm totally down for it. There's also really great organizations out there that give the items away to those who could use them. But again, I am a big believer in during this time when you're making such a thing, always remember time versus money. And on that note, moving is expensive. We, (laughs) true story, another true story, we we, what we thought was our original budget, we tripled it. So when we were sitting down and like, okay, can we actually make this happen? And we just pen to paper, wrote down every expense, tallied everything up, and then we tripled that budget. I'm grateful that we did because what our initial budget was, we would have gone over significantly. And yet we were able to stay under, under the tripled amount. I'm going to give you an example and something that goes along with how much stuff that you want to get rid of. So we moved in the summer of 2022, in case you're listening to this at a different time, apparently along with every other person in America. So U-Hauls, movers, every way, pods were expensive. Everything was expensive. And we knew, I mean, we knew we're moving in the summertime We expected it to be expensive, but I'm, again, happy that we tripled that initial budget for what we expected our moving expenses to be because we finally were able to determine, uh, we went through all of our different options for moving our stuff across country. Again, we're paying for this out of our own pocket. So we settled on the containers, the shipping containers that they deliver at your house. There's a lot of different companies out there. Um, I think the one that we went with was called Pack Rat. Um, I always say Junk Rat for some reason, but I believe it was Pack Rat. So we uh, got the prices. We got the quotes on all these different ones. We decided to go with this particular company and hold on to your horses. They were $5,000 a piece, a piece. And so when I found this out, I my husband's the one that called for the quotes, and that was the least expensive option that we could find. And I mean, we looked at everything, you know, gas prices were high. So we looked at, you know, obviously just getting a U-Haul ourselves and going across country. Uh, we look, literally went through everything. And so this was the most economical way that we found when we tallied everything up. And so... I said, told my husband, he said, how many do you think we should get? And we originally decided on two. After we decided on two, I couldn't swallow $10,000 just to ship stuff. So I, I gave my husband a challenge. And at first he was kind of hesitant towards us. But I said, look, 
How much is our stuff really worth? The stuff that we're taking. I mean, let's be honest. We are second marriage for both of us. After our divorces, like we kind of just, whatever we got from the marriage, we combined together. We did have a few nice pieces, but everything was bought either secondhand. uh, You know, we had a ton of stuff that we bought secondhand. A lot of our stuff had been with our kids since pretty much when they were born. Um, there was stuff that was mismatched and there's stuff that I just buy. I'm a, I, I like to bargain hunt when it comes to stuff. So it's not like we had really fancy stuff. So I said to my husband, I'm like, how about we try to get everything into one pod and save ourselves $5,000? And at first, again, he was hesitant, but he kind of like, I'm like, five, think about it, $5,000. If we went to our new home, could we replace these items with $5,000? He accepted the challenge and guess what? It was really hard because we didn't, I didn't decide on that until like the last maybe two weeks before we moved and challenge accepted. So the company still delivered both units. We had talked to them and we said, you know, hey, if we only need to use one, what would the charge be for Um, this other one. And it was a nominal charge. It was something just like a pickup fee. So we did it and we had to pack it ourselves to save money. And I'm telling you, there were some boxes that we did have to go through three times, three times. But again, balancing time versus money. I would go through stuff and be like, can I replace this? Can, you know, how much did this even cost me to begin with? Is it worth is all this stuff going to be worth $5,000? So I really did have to go through and calculate the items. And so, I mean, pen to paper, doing some research, you know, before I went to bed, instead of watching any of my shows, it was a lot of on the phone trying to figure stuff out. And we managed to make it happen. And I will say that we still had that money earmarked in our budget. So we were able to replace a lot of the stuff for, I think we still came in under budget when it came to replacing some of the items because we did get rid of some like old bedroom furniture and, you know, kitchen tables, uh, couches. Because one thing I do remember from my military moves is that your couch, you don't realize how like grimy and dirty your couch is until you move it into a new home. And so I kind of just knew like we spent covid COVID lockdowns on our couches. (laughs) They were a little grimy. So I was happy, happy to give them to someone who would um, take them off our hands. So time versus money. You're going to have to do this. And I would really suggest that you just get, I'm a big just notebook person, just to write down all of these notes, keep track of all of the stuff that I'm talking to you about. Okay. Throughout my outline, I have declutter again. Just keep decluttering, my friend. Just keep at it. Go through things over and over again. I promise you, you will thank me in the end. All right. So let's talk about some of the supplies that are needed. Um, again, this is a time versus money thing. So I don't want you to spend a ton of time finding free boxes. Here is the thing. Home Depot, Lowe's, U-Haul store, um, those were the three places that, that I know sell boxes off the top of my head. You may have other places. All three of those places, as long as you kept your receipt, whichever boxes you did not use. So make sure not to open everything and tape them all up. Just you do them one at a time. You can take them back and get your money back. So I was totally fine with that. We had to purchase boxes. Obviously, we're like every other American and have 8,000 Amazon boxes. So every time an Amazon order came, I boxed something up in there, stuck a label on it and stuck it in the garage. So definitely, um, again, take the time versus money thing. I know you can definitely go out there on social media, uh, asking groups, anyone getting rid of any boxes, let people know, hey, I'm moving. Do you mind saving your Amazon boxes for me? I'll come pick them up. Please go pick them up when you tell people that you're going to. You know, if they're giving you something for free, be respectful of that. But yeah, let your friends, your family, your neighbors know that you're moving. Um, A lot of times it is a great way to get some moving supplies and boxes. Um, As far as breakable items, I'm just a big fan of the bubble wrap. So um, 
Again, this is from moving for clients and moving for myself, just bubble wrap the heck out of everything. But I am a big believer in like using what you have. So there were like towels, sheets, stuff like that, that I knew we were going to take. I didn't, I didn't pack towels in a box. I used the towels and the sheets and the bedding and the linens and even some like winter jackets, stuff like that to wrap some other delicate items. When you do that though, you want to make a note to yourself on the box so that when you or whoever's opening it, cause here's like a fast forward to when you move into your house, it's like a Christmas. You forget <laughs> what is in these boxes. It's kind of exciting, but sometimes you'll like pull something out and you're like, crap, I had, you know, a big, you know, ceramic platter in that and stuff. So just kind of make a note to yourself a little bit on the boxes of what's in there, like winter jackets wrapped with wine glasses or whatever. So, um, but as far as like breakable stuff on note, you probably don't want to take like wine glasses. I gave all of those away because I can pick up them super cheap. Um, you know, they're always something that's being sold secondhand, or you could just go to Walmart or Target and buy inexpensive wine glasses. Again, where I'm not that fancy. So stuff like that, that had the potential of breaking and took up a lot of space. I generally just sold or donated. But other than that, you need, of course, box cutters, some scissors, some tape, um, and large Sharpies. Because again, when it comes to boxes, um, I used this system and I did this a lot with my organizing clients over the years. I went to Target and they have the duct tape in different colors. So I bought a rolls of like green. I think green was our color on this move of just the fluorescent green. So if my family saw fluorescent green duct tape on a box in the garage, they knew like that box has been gone through. Um, uh, it's been fully packed. It's definitely stuff we're keeping and taking. And it just kind of signaled to everybody a way to communicate to just sort of leave it alone. So when it comes to labeling, you don't have to itemize every item. In fact, I would tell you not to do that because you don't know who's going to come in contact with your stuff and you don't want to make it easy for them to know exactly what's in that box. I would only do that for stuff, like I said, just that are notes to yourself. But don't spend a lot of time labeling the boxes and itemizing things. Um, if you want to stay organized, like I said, I highly recommend just the um, different colorful types of uh, duct tape that are available on the market and using those, you can write on that. So when you do give the boxes away, they can just rip that off and reuse. All right. So let's talk a little bit about a uh, timeline. First and foremost, create a timeline. Again, keep a notebook. Just go to the store, purchase a notebook. Keep that as your moving notebook. That is definitely what I did. So I want you to think like this is a very vague general timeline, but I just want you to start thinking about what you should be doing because I think a lot of times people wait way too long when it comes to moving um, that's probably the number one mistake I've seen people make, especially as uh, as a professional organizer. People were calling us like a week or two before they moved. And I was like, oh, you're way too late. Um, but we'd still go in. And I mean, it was it was a lot of work and it cost a lot of money to get uh, sometimes some of these moves to happen. So three to six months out. So that's a relatively, I think for the most part, most people know that they're going to be moving about that time frame out, three to six months out. Your focus really needs, again, to be on decluttering and research. So declutter and research. So that's, I want you to kind of go between the two. And by research, I mean like, where are you moving to? Your new home. What are things that you have to think about? For instance, if you're moving from a cold climate to a climate that doesn't have a winter, do you really need to take all of your winter gear with you? Do you have to wear or have so many sweaters and, you know, leggings and jackets and that type of thing? Also, this just actually popped into my brain right now. What age are your kids going to be? My youngest who moved ended up moving with us 
it, kind of going through a lot of growth spurts. He's 11 years old. And so I pretty much got rid of all of his um, cold weather clothes from last year because I was like, there's no way this kid is going to fit into any of this stuff come next winter. So I didn't have to ship any of it. So I got rid of pretty much all of his winter stuff from last year and just figured I'm going to have to buy new stuff anyway. Why um, have the expense of shipping the stuff that he's not going to fit into? But you definitely want to do a lot of research. Again, like I told you, I had to research because I figured I lived in a place where homes were generally larger and I had a feeling that the homes were smaller to where we were moving to and I was right. So climate type of things, like for instance, one thing that we did move to was hurricane zone, like people have hurricanes here or close to the coast. And so that was definitely something like when it came to the camping equipment and such, like we figured, you know what, probably something good to ship and hang on to, um, especially because we we're moving close to hurricane season. I think, I don't know a lot about the hurricanes right now. So forgive me if I'm sounding ignorant on this. I'm just learning about this. But um, that was something too, to kind of have an idea of. And that really, like I said, can kind of help you with the decluttering and also help you kind of determine what's worth taking, what's worth not taking, and again, creating this timeline. So that's three to six months out. When you hit about the three-month mark, this is really where I want you to get serious about your vendors, the people that are going to be helping you, movers in particular. In fact, you should not be doing this any sooner than three months. Is that right? So basically, three months is the latest Three months before your move is the latest you should be researching vendors. People get booked up, especially if you're moving during a busy uh, time like summer. Movers get booked up. I have seen with friends and family members that were like, oh, this mover said it was this much and I'm sure I can find a great deal. And they took their time (laughs) and found out the longer they waited, that mover got booked up. And they ended up paying a lot more for something else or someone else. So movers get booked up. Vendors, people that you need to come to your home. There were things that we needed to get done around our home before we put it on the market. Um, That is definitely something around the three-month mark. I hope if you have to sell a home that you're talking to realtors. Um, If you're looking to purchase, rent um, a home in your new area, you're doing some research on some realtors there as well. But definitely, this is where you really need to start getting serious. And I wouldn't wait too much longer to start booking some of these folks. Like I said, people get very booked up. And you know, you don't want to get to a point where you're begging people and then you're paying more money. So don't get too picky with that. And you know what, if if it's always better to just book somebody and then if you know you're not going to use them, cancel them within a reasonable amount of time um, with respect to them and their business. But also, guess what else I have marked for three months? Declutter. You need to keep decluttering. Declutter, declutter. Nobody declutters enough. I'm telling you this from personal experience. Declutter more than you think you have to declutter at the three months. Also around the three month mark, and this is something I told you we did probably about eight months out, but um, create a budget. This is really goes along with calling the vendors because I know for us, we were like, oh, we're going to, we'll hire this person to do this and we'll hire a person to do that. And then it just started dwindling away at our budget. And I'm actually grateful we uh, decided against doing a lot of this stuff because it was nice just to have that cushion of money in our budget when we did make the big move. It alleviated a lot of the stress, but definitely have a budget. And I take it from me, double that budget. Or in some cases, if you think you're pretty conservative in that budget, maybe even triple it. And uh, just to be on the safe side and just watch all of your pennies in that time frame. Okay, so now when you're about two months out, this is really, you've done the research for the vendors, 
perhaps you're settled on a realtor that you want to sell your house, you know, you know, if, if a cleaning company, a moving company, handymen, handy women, whoever is coming to do your stuff, that you're starting the hiring, you're starting to place the deposits down as necessary and starting the hiring and scheduling process. So starting to get a schedule together about two months out. This is only eight weeks, people. Eight weeks goes super, super fast. So two months out, hiring and scheduling. Now, one month out. This is really kind of the crucial, critical month. Um, this is where you start packing. And this is the time I would say, and I, I say this to my mother. My mother is moving in a few months and she's already started packing. She actually doesn't have a moving date yet. And she is definitely going to be doing a downsizing, a pretty massive downsizing. And I'm like, what are you packing stuff for already? Because if you're packing for stuff like six months out, unless it's like holiday stuff, it's probably not stuff that you're going to really use or that you need to keep or you need to pay the expense of moving. So I I really say get serious about packing about one month out. Um, it's okay, of course, to start packing, you know, again, holiday stuff, out of season stuff, that those types of items. But um, this is really where you need to start getting serious about packing. And because again, we're four weeks out, it goes by fast. Also, one month out is really where you want to start to let all of the utilities, insurance companies, all of these folks know that about your impending move. And usually at the one month mark, you pretty much have a date set in stone, or at least I hope you do. You should. If not, go back to month two or month three out and get a date in stone. Um, but this is really where you can like let the utility companies know. I... <laughs> Some utility companies I've learned, both in Vegas and here in Georgia, haven't really kept up with the time. Some of them make you schedule an appointment for a shutoff. Some of them still make you go down to their office and (laughs) do all of that. So I highly suggest one month out, call the utilities. We had a massive um, mix up with our insurance um, over the summer and um, had to get that all solved. Um, For some reason, our insurance company was very confused by our move. So we had to kind of stay on top of them to work all of that out. So you definitely want that stuff done because you don't want any lapses in coverage or anything while you're on the road. Um, but definitely this is also in the one month time frame where you want to start making any travel arrangements. This is also where you want to start making pet arrangements. Um, for our pup, we decided to kennel him with the most fabulous Lucky Pup in Las Vegas. If you're in Las Vegas, shout out to Lucky Pup. They are amazing. They're dog trainers and they kennel. And they were our pup's um, foster parents uh, when we adopted him. And so we made the scheduling arrangements with Lucky Pup about a month out. And um, start making the moving day arrangements about a month out. So these are sort of like all of the helpers. Um, Highly recommend if you can get some helpers, barter your time if you can. If you can get help, that is that is awesome. Um, But definitely let your family know, like kind of start making arrangements um, for how things are going to happen, getting input from your family members and that type of thing. Um, now we're getting down into the weeks. So about three weeks out declutter, you'd still need to declutter as you're packing, you're going to realize like, Oh my gosh, I need to go get more boxes. Do you really need to go get more boxes? Or can you just do some more decluttering? And three weeks out is where I really want you to kind of like kick up packing in high gear and start the cleaning, start cleaning stuff. Um, clean as you go, as you're clearing out a cabinet, wipe it out, have a a cloth there with you where you're wiping stuff out. And now we're down to the two week period. Here's why I want you to get like all of your helpers scheduled. So if there are vendors that you're paying, make sure confirm with everybody, make sure, you know, the dog sitter 
is ready, make sure the moving company has their deposit and that they're on, they're good to go at two weeks out. Start making sure like if you are hiring someone to do a deep clean of your house, everything is getting scheduled. And if you're moving straight into a new home, this is also the time to make sure everything is scheduled there. So two weeks, make sure that everyone is on schedule. All right, one week out. By this time, the majority of your home should be packed. This is where I think I had an episode where I was like living like a minimalist. (laughs) This is where you've probably overpacked or over donated a little bit. Don't panic. Uh, Something like you forgot to, to keep your running shoes. I think that's what happened to me where I was like blaming my whole family and going like a crazy woman, like who took my shoes? And it was me all along. I just packed them or something. I forgot what I did with them. But anyway, this is where you're like living like squatters in your home. You are just down to the bare minimum one week out. You're probably doing some a little bit more takeout than you normally would like. Your your waistline is probably not loving you. It's okay. It's a temporary time. Remember when I've talked about different, you know, t- seasons, sometimes there are there is a season of your life where your time is dictated by other things like extraneous events. This is one of them. It's okay. It is okay. It's okay if you're not on a regular routine right now. It's okay if you're just in your house. It's okay if you didn't meet that friend for lunch. It is okay. Forgive yourself. So you are one week out. You are living, like I said, like squatters in a home. You are down to the bare essentials. You have most of the stuff packed. And you're probably still kind of finding stuff. You're still having to work probably. That's where my husband and I were at. You're still having to take care of kids. So I want there to be a big forgiveness for yourself in this week, but you're going to be working a lot. It's probably going to bed a little bit later and waking up earlier. So it can be kind of a stressful time. So just give yourself as much allowance as you possibly can. I'm trying to think if we had a major fight. I I think my husband and I were actually relatively cool with each other. We may have had a few but nothing big, I will say. Um, We were both kind of like, hey, let's just not beat each other up over this emotionally. And let's just get through this because it is stressful. It's meant to be stressful. There's almost no way around it, no matter how prepared you are. But just give yourself allowances for that week, but just have the majority of your stuff packed. Everyone's on plan. And we move into moving day. So the day of. This is stressful because you're relying a lot of times on other people. So you're relying on the movers. Are they going to get there? We, <laughs> our movers were did this thing where we had a 48-hour window of our container delivery, or excuse me, not our container delivery, but how long we could keep them. I don't know what happened. My husband scheduled that. So basically, it didn't even work out to a full 48 hours. It worked out to like a lot less, like 36 hours. They got delivered like Monday night and then were picked up first thing. When I say first thing, it was like 8.01 Wednesday morning. So um, stuff like that happens. And so we just went with it. And so we just thankfully had cleared our schedule, had no other obligations because this stuff happens. So if you're able to take the time off from work, take it off. If you're able to completely clear your schedule, clear it um, for that moving day or moving days. So sometimes it's for us, it was actually like a three day period. There was stuff that happened. You're going to open your freezer and be like, how did we forget to empty the freaking freezer? What do we do with all this food? You're going to have to like run it over to family and friends or your neighbors or you know, extra trash. Sometimes you're like, holy crap, how do we have so much trash? And then you have to go make a trip to the dump or whatever. I mean, there's just all that little stuff that kind of happens. It's okay. It's supposed to happen. Um, For the most part, though, I will say because we did a lot of planning, it was pretty cool. Um, I was super grateful again for 
a lot of the the opportunity to bless a lot of people with our stuff. So this was also sort of the time where when people didn't pick up items that I was trying to sell, I just went on and was like, free to a good home, free to a good home. And had a lot of really wonderful people show up to pick up some stuff and continue having those items bless another family. So things happen. It's okay. They're kind of meant to happen for some reason. It's just how it kind of works. But make sure that you have plenty of water. Give Feed your helpers. That's, that's one thing. Um, that is, I'm always amazed at people when they hire somebody, like be good to those people, especially if they're working hard for you, if they're showing up on time, if they're doing, you know, I know that you're paying them, but still be good for them. Because I will tell you, like without their help, it would be a lot more difficult. So feed them, give them some water. If you can, give them a little tip and just go through your list. Like I said, try to keep a notebook, go through your list. If you can see my energy on this is kind of like, oh, I'm still like reliving all of this through my head. Um, it's a total, it's one thing when you're doing it for another, for someone else as a job. And then when it's your own stuff, totally, totally different situation there. But I thought I would share that. I will probably do an episode soon on moving in because that is a whole new story um, when it comes to moving in and just some tips and tricks to stay organized. So anyway, um, if you would like to send me any ideas for topics, I love to hear them. You can email me at oneorganizedmama at gmail.com. You can go over to Instagram and DM me over there. Um, I put a lot of heart and soul and effort into the podcast. So if you would, so kindly, no matter what platform you listened on, go on. And a five-star review certainly helps me grow this podcast. It's super appreciated. And in the comments, just let people know what it's about. Like, let them know what you learned from this, what you carried away, what little tidbit kind of helped you. Um, and super appreciative and keep listening. I will, I keep doing these little shorts because I know, like I said, some of the stuff that I'm doing on the outside has changed quite a bit. Um, so I'm kind of keeping you updated with little, what I call little shorts, little podcast shorts and stuff. So just check in every once in a while, see what I have going on and super thankful for each and every one of you that tunes in. So stay safe out there, stay healthy, keep it together, let go of perfection. And I can't wait to see you next time on the One Organized Mama podcast.